This dang store was filled to a brim with instruments. I could tell right away we were going to make some sweet music in this place. I met with the owner named El Gringos. He told me all about all types of music. There's uh, basses and violins and cellos. There's trumpets and lots of horns and everything. What is trumpet? It's a musical instrument. It's a brass instrument. Hmm. You got a dang trumpet in this place? I can play it. I'm a real bugle boy. There's a few of them up on the wall right there. I want to get my lips on that trumpet. Go get it, boy. For your health. For your health. <laughs> What's up, buddy? Ah, fuck me. What's going on, people? Uh, episode 121 of the Mezzanine Sleepover, and I am one of your sleepover pals, uh, as I am every fucking week. Slip with five eyes or slape. I am uh, at megamix.com. I am getting uh, underneath that table uh, in the mezzanine with my fucking sleeping bag. Playing some, playing some uh, NHL '97 style. Yes. Getting ready for uh, for some for some serious slumber. How about you? <laughs> I'm playing some perfect billiards and putting in <laughs> naughty names into the top ten list every time I get a high score. Excellent. I'm about. Uh, I think we got to head out a little later. Get some chesticles. <laughs> hey, if uh, this podcast is already inside enough. Yes. <laughs> Good team. Good team. All right. All right. So. Um, Damn it! Lots of stuff going on. Uh, it's been a whole week since we recorded. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, lots of stuff happening in this past week. So fuck, let's get right into it. On uh, this is the fourth of uh, February. You'll be listening on the fifth. Super yep. Bowl Sunday and uh, Super Bowl just ended. And I ha- I wanted to save it for when we recorded. Yeah, but I need to give a personal congratulations to you, Mega Mix. For you pulling out the victory, and this is you that did this for the Eagles. Well, yeah, you know, I I was an Eagles fan. I mean, I still am, but you know, I'm not like a fanatic uh, football fan anymore. But uh, for many years, and uh, I clearly um, rose above all the odds as the underdog myself, pulled myself up by the bootstraps, and uh, willed the team to a victory uh, in in Super Bowl Fifty Two. Good job. Hey, you know what? Good game. That was a fucking great game. That was ridiculous. You know the NFL is ridiculous. That was nuts. Um, I watched the first half. Had to put my son to bed. You know, kind of uh, followed along. Went down, turned it on. I, you know what? Even now, and even I would say I'm maybe a little more than casual, but fairly casual fan. I'll still just can't. I can't. I can't abide it. It's like they're gonna lose. I was like, I don't even want to fucking watch this. You know, so I turn it off. I come back and I go back and forth. But uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it's uh, it was uh, nice to see a. Uh, I mean, it's nice to see, but you know, R.I.P. in peace to the city of Philadelphia. I know, right? <laughs> uh, I got. Uh, I, I you missed the halftime show. I, 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 that was by design. I really didn't want to watch it. You missed so much. You know, honestly, after Lady Gaga giving a high cross body off the top of the sta- uh, stadium last year, yeah, nothing, nothing could top that, right? I mean, that, when she did that, that was the greatest big splash since uh, in the mezzanine. It really was. You in the mezzanine. Uh, There were no, uh, no, uh, Justin Timberlake, 
halftime show with no titties uh, is just not the same. You know, I'm telling you. Well, he's a mountain man now. I guess so. You know, he's uh, he's uh, he's I don't know. He's embracing his 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 white manness. I don't really understand. Um, yeah, I didn't watch. I mean, you know, you get you know, like the the obviously the Prince halftime show was amazing. Beyonce's was really good. Bruno Mars was pretty good. Uh, Lady Gaga did the big splash. I, I'm not I, Justin Timberlake. I was kind of like, eh, you know, I don't, I don't care. It just really wasn't anything. Like, I mean, it was quite the production. You know, they obviously put a ton of work into it, but it was kind of just Justin Timberlake running around and singing. Like that was it. And everybody got all, all, all riled up because they're like, oh, he's going to have a hologram of Prince, which is ridiculous. And then he still was like, I'm not going to do it. And then he just still had a projection. Yeah. So. I did see I did see a, a few pictures of that and went that that is clearly not something that that Prince would have been like if he was alive would have been like yeah no dude wouldn't even played with him no. he'd have been like it's got to be me only or nobody yep exactly and he would have been fucking right because he's Prince and he's fucking every every day that goes by just uh, I get I I I gain more and more respect for the legacy of Prince so good uh, maybe so we too bad you know what just while you're talking about Prince. <laughs> Yes. Uh, you know what's a good Prince song is uh, Bat Dance. Maybe we should yes. review the video next week. I think that would be a great idea. All right. Along with other ones, yes. obviously, because we got music videos. Uh, we were talking, texting today about ideas. And uh, that's a great music video idea for the for the show we're planning on music videos. I think it's going to really um, redefine the genre of, of sleepover podcasting. Yeah, so uh, stay tuned for that next week, everybody. Uh, Bat Dance Absolutely. will be uh, one of them, for sure. For sure. For sure. Uh, Alright, uh, other stuff. Uh, we're going to go, uh, by the way, this week into uh, the main event shortly, which is going to be our, what, fourth Wildcard Music Challenge? The fourth installment of the Wildcard Music Challenge, yes. Uh, so we'll talk about that shortly, but uh, we have some uh, business House to cleaning. take care of. Yeah, Winnipeg's top streets tournament. Woo! It's still going, folks. Uh, we are. And it's we are, still getting a decent. Like we're still kind of. We're, we've kind of maintained our the interest. I have to say. Well, we we're are. Not, we're uh, not getting tons every. We're not getting tons of votes in every single bracket. We're in kind of that hundred and forty range. But like it's been fucking consistent since since the first round. So I think you know. I think a fair number of people, a small number of people, are interested in it, which is which is kind of what the sleepover is all about. Uh, so we are rolling into the last week. Uh, we settled the, uh, quarterfinals in the past week. Uh, results as of right now are technically still open, but I am closing them officially as of this moment. So yes. hold on. I will run a refresh on mezzaninesleepover.com and the results that are showing as of 1049 Eastern time PM on okay. uh, the 4th of February are the final results. Yeah. So, eight matchups, or sorry, four, eight matchups? Four matchups. Four matchups. Four matchups. Eight streets left. Let's uh, go through it. Absolutely. All right. Uh, Juba Division Final. Yes. Comes down to number one seeded Portage Avenue against 24th seeded Pache Avenue. Yep. And the winner by a wide margin, Pache yes. Avenue with the big upset, second biggest upset of the day. That was an unorthodox beating. Uh, Tasha, your sentimental favorite at this point is moving on to the semifinals. Yeah, down to the final four. Um, very pleased. I mean, I you know, if you're talking, if you're talking good streets, uh, obviously Portage Avenue has the uh, has the has the length and the girth. <laughs> but uh, 
but 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 hey, Tashe Avenue has all the moves in the grooves. Uh, we have in the Nori Division final Osborne Street against Cordon Avenue. Osborne, the fourth seed. Cordon, the yes. fifth seed. Osborne pulls it out. 81 votes to 64 votes. A little close. A little bit close. A good run for Corden, but uh, Osborne a juggernaut. Uh, <laughs> we have in the Thompson Division final, number two seeded Main Street against 23rd seeded King Street. And in, in a pretty damn close vote, we have another upset. King Street moving on yes. to the finals with uh, 55% of the vote. So the number one. And number two seeds gone. They got tossed like uh, like fucking Sheamus in the Rumble last week. <laughs> um, yeah, I was I was surprised again. King Street though, with a you know that that Exchange District Street kind of uh, running the table here, uh, giving a, a good run. And uh, let's go with the mat- the last matchup here, and then we'll set up the the, the semifinals. The Mister Murdy Division. We have <laughs> number three Broadway. Against number six seeded Academy Road. This yep. came down to a difference of four votes. Uh-huh. With 51% of the vote, the winner. Moving on. Academy Road. Yeah, interesting. Um, I kind of took a look at that uh, yesterday and was like, hmm, I don't know. And uh, Academy kind of lagged behind for a while and then had a, had a surge. So uh, good for Academy. And we set up the, um, the, the, the semifinals on each side of the bracket. We've got... Uh, on uh, on one side, we don't really have the the conferences name. No, no. So the old the 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 really old mayors yeah. <laughs> conference. We've got uh, Tache and uh, what was it? Osborne? Yeah, so number four Osborne against number twenty four Tache Avenue. Uh, that's going to be one heck of a battle. And on the other side, we've got uh, number twenty three King Street against number six Academy Road. And I got to say, what a what like. Seriously, the, the kind of a bit of a lopsided couple of matchups here. You got you got the really good streets on one side and the kind of like weird ones on the other. <laughs> I would have never predicted these uh, as our as our finalists. Well, Osborne, I would have. Everything else, what? Yeah, no, I I totally agree. King Street, kind of out of nowhere, uh, beating a, a few heavy hitters along the way. So that's that's going to be the polls will be open as you're listening to this. Um, I think we're going to condense this round. Is that correct? Yeah, let's say this. We will run the semifinals until end of day Thursday. Yep. And Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, which we will end. We will end, uh, yeah, the finals. We will end the final. Let's just call it 9 o'clock central time. Perfect. Uh, And when we talk about music videos, we'll be able to crown the champion. Yes, we will crown the champion. Yes, the, the, the big thing that's been the buzz in Winnipeg over the last month is about to come to a close. It really has. You know, I don't think there's anything really going on in Winnipeg right now that is, you know, captured people's imagination like the Winnipeg's Top Streets Tournament. You know, you have, you have, um, you had, you know, we had a, an all Manitoba final in the, in the Scotties tonight. You got the Jets riding high, but really the Winnipeg Top Streets Tournament has really captivated the imagination of, of Winnipeg. Could, could they have picked a worse night to run that fucking Scotties final? What? You know, I don't think so, right? Like, what? What are you doing? I mean, I, most everything else avoids this night like the plague. Yeah, I, I'm assuming that I, I'm not exactly sure what the reason is because the Scotties is not normally this weekend. It's done usually over the long weekend, so I'm assuming they the bumped it up because of the Olympics, right? Yeah, and and but but you you couldn't do the final this afternoon. I know, right? 
Like you couldn't figure it out and just be like, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna have this fucking thing done by four o'clock. Ugh, terrible like, decision making. That would make that would make the most sense. Well, well, we got six time champs in there. <laughs> yeah, good for them from uh, Saint Vitale Curling Club. I mean, you know, uh, kind of, kind of the the reverse of a few years ago, where you know, Team Holman wins without Team Jones, and they're kind of like, you know, like I guess paper champions. And now this year, it's the reverse, like the paper champions, the Jones. It's the payback. Yeah. It, you know what? It works out for everybody. Exactly. So, so good for all of them. And uh, yeah, so you had some other things you wanted to chat about. <sighs> I did. <laughs> I'll try not to go too long because we've got, uh, of course, wild card coming up, and that'll got take thirty songs to go through. That'll that'll take some time, but. Uh, Couple of things on the old twets that, uh, it's been a while since we've talked about hockey twets, uh, but, yeah. uh, and, and mainly again, cause the Jets doing really well. Yeah. But, yeah. It's, uh, but there's, but you know what? The Jets are doing well, so there's not a lot to talk about with the Jets. Yeah. But you know, the um, two things that I mean, we'll well, never... okay. For me, I don't, I don't have a lot to complain about. And I, I think that there's, there's, when we talk about, about on the, uh, on Twitter, I think there's a, there's a, there's a mass, there's, there's, there's like two kind of camps and on one camp that we're usually kind of part of, some of them still complaining incessantly. Oh, it's nonstop. Which I don't understand. It's nonstop. I, I'll get to that too. I was going to say the two things that will never change, no matter how this team does. One is the fans and two is the oh. media. <laughs> oh, and they're all, and, and you know what? Just, just a, both so putrid. <laughs> so, the, so let's, I guess we'll start with the fans. I agree with you. Like enough nitpicking. Like, when the team yeah. is doing bad, there's plenty to talk about. The team is doing good, and I'm not saying, like, shut the fuck up completely or don't criticize. Like, there's, yeah, there's no, plenty that... you should that, be able to criticize, but it's, absolutely. It's non-stop over, like, little things. And, you know... And when they're losing, that's completely okay. Here's the other thing. Just eat a little <clears throat> crow. Like, can't, you know, you can come out and just say, you know what, I was, I want him to fire Maurice, but... <laughs> The team is fucking like third overall in the league. Maybe not over years and years. Like at some point, the dude will probably get fired. But right now, it's like, why are you criticizing him? Well, he's clearly not the worst coach in the league this year. Yes, exactly. Right. He's clearly made some adjustments. I mean, he's got a lot of talent, and he's using them to their, to their, uh, to the best of their abilities. I think it's fine. I have to say, I, I if I can cut a, a short promo here. Yeah. Is whoever it was that thought I'm going to set up a fucking website to talk about how or like essentially a web page with a domain name to talk about to basically you know uh slag on a, on a on matt Hendricks. it's like what is that fucking guy doing that 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 makes you so obsessed that you have to you know uh you know go after the guy i mean okay he's not the best player in the world but the team is fucking doing really well so why does it matter i just think I don't understand. I just don't okay, get it. Okay, so here's... here's You're supposed to... We constantly are like, you know, um, you know, you, 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 try, you try and support the team and, and you support the players. And I, I agree it's not all the time, but I don't get what's so glaringly bad about, about this player that he deserves to be, um, you know, kind of attacked. I'll tell you what uh, it is. For, I'll tell you what whatever. it is. I don't understand because so, the team is, like you said, they're like they're right up there in, in, in the top five teams in the league. So there's been – there was a thing that I've said for years where the the Jets kind of pom-pom waivers that sit there and they go, this is our year. It's going to happen. And every year they fail. And then they fail. And then they fail. And then they yep. fail. And I, and I said, you know, at, one, at some point down the road, 
these people are eventually going to, the Jets are eventually going to do well. And these people are going to be like, see, and it'll, it'll be meaningless yeah. because you flapped they your gums for so long when they didn't do, do anything. Now I, it's the same thing with Hendricks. It's like, Oh, team's going to do bad because of Hendricks. They're going to do bad. They're going to do bad. Every game they fucking win over and over again. And eventually they'll lose. And these folks will be like, told ya. Yeah. It's, it's the like flip side. Like it just admit it's that up the babies this, exist on all sides of the fandom. Yeah. Like is that, up, is that correct? Just admit to this point that you're, you know, again, maybe, maybe it would be better. Like, maybe they'd win a couple of more overtime games. I don't know. But I saw some criticism about, like, well, those uh, eight or nine games that they've lost in overtime, those are points that we could have used. And it's like, guys, you're not going to win. You're first place in the Central. You're not going to win every game. Like, Like, oh. They, but what about those losses? It's like no team goes perfect. Like, can you calm down? Yeah, it's the, you get the loser point and you move on. It's just it's so out of proportion. Like the the amount of the amount of complaining in proportion to how the team is doing. That I just think it takes away your credibility, and that's why it absolutely. Does. When it comes to the team, I've been very quiet because there's nothing to complain about. Well, when there's nothing to complain about, why would you complain? Yeah. Like, that's the thing. People have tried to tell me, well, look, well, in your face. And I'm like, no, they're winning. Like, I'm, I'm happy. I don't, I don't get what the, you know, I expect them to, I expect them to be a team that is successful for the amount that I've paid over the years to go see games and the, you know, the, the amount, you know, they're, they're a professional sports team with highly paid, you know, kind of a GM and coach. I expect them to be good. So they're good. Good. Yeah. I don't need to complain. I Our- don't understand. So, uh, let's go over to, uh, the media. Oh my God. It's been, it's been a banner week. So we started off in Winnipeg either. Well, we started off the week with, uh, the group of clowns on, uh, the old Jets radio station there in, in Winnipeg. Oh my God. Just bashing the goaltender, like the backup, not even the backup goaltender, the goaltender that the team dumped in the minors at the start of the year. Yeah. The fourth really on the Jets kind of goalie depth chart. Yeah. So the the dude gets put in net for a game at the start of the week. He decides to go to the All-Star game for the AHL the day before. And the he's media, been lighting up the AHL, by the way. Yeah, and then the media's just like, dude is selfish. Fuck I you. Fucking, like, uh, the, the guy doesn't have any responsibility to you guys. He has none. He has it to his team. The team told him he could go. It, it would be the same thing as, okay, this is... I. Please, please forgive my imagination. Yeah. But imagine that one of these fucking goofs on the radio won some sort of media award. You'd never hear the end of it. And they were invited to the ceremony the night before. And then they have to get up the next morning and it's like, selfish. You weren't at your best at your job. We're all relying on you when we listen to the radio to give terrible fucking takes on the Jets all day. And you didn't give us your best. Selfish. And then they, and then the fans, the Jets fans just all follow it. <laughs> and it's like, how? At what point are you just like, you know what, you're fucking wrong? But no, they just continue. And I, don't, I, don't, I again, another thing I kind of don't understand. Yeah. yeah. And, and then the guy went and threw a win, so that was pretty good. Oh, I know, right? And, and a, uh, like a pretty impressive win too, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? I mean, in the end, it's Hutch. Hutch is awesome. <laughs> Ever since that game, Hutch. Ever since that Flyers game where we saw Hutch and we were like, fucking Hutch, it's awesome. But you know what? Good for Michael Hutchinson. The media was mad because the dude was demoted. He lost his job, 
and, and was demoted to the AHL at the start of the year. And he didn't speak to the media for like three months. And they were really upset and they decided to punish him. And you know what? That's all you need to know about sports media. It is the lowest form of journalism. And it's, it's fucking lower than, than like cartoonists. I'm sorry. <laughs> and it's the- lower than fucking, uh, Ann Landers or Dear Abby or whatever the fuck. It's lower than the fucking, uh, you know, fucking bridge column by Cecil Rosner. It's lower than It's lower fucking... than Frankie Longo's crossword. It's the fucking lowest form of anything in in media is that fucking is sports journalists. There's there's a few, listen, there are a few. And and in Winnipeg especially, you got you got a, a very small handful who are, you know, legit, but the rest are junk and garbage packs and uh they are the lowest form. And I've 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 been to school with some of these people that that had aspirations to be in sports journalism. One of them who's on Twitter yakking about the Jets and getting mad at people who, you know, are are are, are saying things. And uh, you know, some things never change. And then of course, Even when they don't end up being sports journalists. Of course, it got worse in Edmonton because, like, in the ultimate baby move, uh, <laughs> Ryan Rashog comes out. And comes just right after Al Montoya. Doesn't talk to the media. What's his problem? He must be fragile. Like, yeah. after, after Bell Let's Talk. After his fucking parent company runs the yeah. Rental Health Awareness Day, which is, you know, I wish, I, I mean, I, I like the idea of people sharing their stories. I get it. Like, I think that it's healthy yep. and, and people should come out and do that. So I'm fully yep. supportive of mental health initiatives. But I kind of wish yep. the Bell would just pay the seven fucking million dollars that they do every year, and I don't have to see that goddamn hashtag. Yeah, because day. it's so it, it's it's uh it's not it's not uh, real <clears throat> because you get people just posturing like yeah. Ryan Rashog. I yeah. mean, there's and he's talking about how he's in the trenches. It's like, yeah, you fucking soldier, you. Yeah, he's like, it wasn't him. It was one of his buddies, right? He's like, oh, Ryan is down there in the trenches. Oh, he's yeah, a fucking, he's a sports reporter interviewing players in the locker room. What a fucking soldier. It's, to, to that mentality is putrid. Like, totally putrid. I'm sorry. Like, I love, I love sports. It, you know, I, I give it a lot of money and it entertains me. But your contribution to the world is fucking tiny and sports journalism is even smaller. Oh, absolutely. And I, I've always, I kind of toe that line, right? Where I'm like, ah, you know, I really, I don't want to be that guy that like, you know, goes after the media because that's just such a tired bullshit fucking thing to do. But sports media, I think is open season. Well, you know what? Here's what I think about that. It's in a, in, in a time where the media is getting attacked and it's horrible what's happening, uh, uh-huh. in terms of attacking the credibility of the media in general. Now's the time to just be a fucking professional. Like more it's than true. Ever. They're not helping their. They're not helping their brothers and sisters. No, they're who not. They're reporting real news, by the way. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're glorified entertainment reporters, <laughs> and that's what they are. You're not. You're not. You're not reporting on things for the greater good. You're trying to entertain people, and you're doing a poor job of it because you can't even half these guys, or more than half these guys, can't even be fucking bothered to like hone their craft and learn new things. They just want to. They want to just talk about magical fucking. Things like grit and heart, they don't want to. They don't want to learn anything else that may, you know, kind of make them a better fucking journalist or reporter. They just want to, you know, like it's the easiest fucking job in the world. You just make up narratives as you go along. People fucking lap it up. Well, I hate it. Even better is the fucking uh, the Olympics are coming up at the end of this week, and it's a sports journalist's wet dream because 
You don't have to know anything about how no. to win at, like, fucking ski jump, but you can tell the story about how so-and-so, like, fucking busted their knee two years ago and they've come back from it. Or about yeah. how, you know, their grandfather has a disease and they've dedicated yeah. it to them. It's just, I, you don't have to talk anything about the technicalities of the, of the sport. You can kind of gloss over the time and energy that people have put into it and just give yeah. some sort of fucking, uh, like, narrative or story yeah, they, and they get to go on a trip and they get to wear their little fucking press pass yeah. and strut around like they're the hot chico <laughs> and it's it's it, it, it's it's maddening <laughs> uh and the only other thing i'll say is jets royalty makes me want to fucking puke like flat out there is nothing sadder in terms of in terms of uh uh like just just as a person to uh to continue to perpetuate a myth like that about yourself uh it's 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 sad and uh, there's 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 an empty life behind that those boast that boastfulness for very clearly for those of you that don't nobody, know nobody thinks nobody can possibly fucking be like that like there, there can't be anybody like that it it can't be a rib it can't be a joke <laughs> it it has to be real and it is it is just it's it's just kind of pathetic those of you that don't know we've talked about this at length on this show there's a dude in Winnipeg. When the when the original Real Jets left, uh, he had a website about bringing a team to Winnipeg. Put a lot of work into it. it wasn't a bad site. Um, and because yeah, he, he had was... a website that said, you know, Winnipeg can be a city that can host ho- a hockey team. That's essentially it. It wasn't like anything other than kind of fan fiction, where it was like, I like this thing, and I would really like to see it. You know, in my city, that that's essentially, and it was a, it had a forum, and people could chat about. Hey, it. Hey, you know what? Again, I'll give the guy some credit. No one else bothered to make the website, and when no. there were stories, you know, the annual fluff story every year on CBC about could the NHL come back to Winnipeg, he would typically be the sport spokesperson for the fans. So I acknowledge that wholeheartedly. But when the Jets came back, people flocked to this guy and were like, "Thank you." and What's even worse is that the dude fucking believes his own like hype. Oh, that ego is massive. This is this is a real thing that a real person said. This guy actually wrote this about himself. I really appreciated the comment tonight. Someone gave him like a thank you, apparently. It's been yeah. a while and I certainly don't expect it at all. But like I say, some people just get it. I'm no hero. I'm just the dude who loves this city and fought for it. Oh my god! Well, and you know what? It, it, part of it isn't his fault. I mean, there's people that just kind of feed into it, and uh, it's uh, for me the worst part about you know said person is kind of the other stuff that goes on. Oh like yeah, posting of a video of a kid getting a stick in the crowd and and shaming him for it wasn't meant for him, and then mocking him for not having a, a Jets jersey on, and then like posting this on to you know many you know many Twitter followers. And then you start to see the comments come in where people are like, that kid should be punched in the face. <laughs> and you're like, that's what this guy contributes, by the way. And that, and that's, and then everything else is just kind of like piled on top of that, that, that really shitty fucking foundation. Yep. And it's just, it just looks terrible. And, uh, but I got, I called him out on that tweet about the kid and shaming a, a, a nine year old. And that's why I'm blocked. So I'm obviously doing something right. All right, so all right, fuck, fuck Jets fans. In the end, <laughs> let's get into the good stuff. The Wild Card Music Challenge Four. Uh, ah, yes. Tell us how this works. Well, we have done many music challenges. Um, Wild Card is one of our is our first one that we ever did, and uh, essentially what we do is we provide each other with a list of artists, and um, 
uh, 15 artists each, and then we are kind of challenged to find uh, good songs or whatever from uh, by those artists, and we kind of go back and forth, and uh, it's fun for us. I don't know how fun it is for the listeners, but you might hear some good tunes and some bad ones. We've done some other challenges as well, uh, about you know genres of music and and uh, geographic areas, music from different geographic areas. Uh, we do uh, you know challenges based on on a challenge based on different uh, categories. Uh, so this this is this is going back to the real. It was called Wild Card essentially because the first one that we did had two wild card categories. So we just <laughs> continued it because it just the name quite kind of fits. So uh, that's what it'll be. Fifteen songs each. I got a few bonus tracks, so it's going to be fun. All right, so I sent you a list of artists. You sent me a list. You want to start, so you're going to, uh, of course, as usual, we don't know the songs the other person has chosen. We do know the artists because we fed them to each other. So Yeah, so I'll start. Um, The first artist that you gave to me, uh, Lionel Richie. Yes. So uh, here's what I came up with as my track. Oh, yeah. That synth. Beautiful. So we got uh, Dancing on the Ceiling. The title track of 1986's Dancing on the Ceiling album. I don't know. I don't know what to say about Lionel Richie. There you go. Inexplicably, he gets like, he still gets like, you know, TV appearances to this day. I, He's just kind of a milk toast kind of uh, pop singer now. I don't even know what kind of genre to put him in, right? Like, he, he spawned from the Commodores. Who were amazing. But this isn't even close. And, like... Oh! It's, it's fine. I don't know. Yeah, he just kind of, you know... It, there's, there's a few of these, and I, I can't go through them all, but... You know, I can't think of them off the top of my head, but... There's a few of these artists where you're kind of in like a, you know, a fairly, you know, um, you know, uh, well-regarded uh, group, and then you kind of branch off and then just do watered-down pop. Uh, but dude made a lot of money. Hey, so you know what? Him. Say you say me was a fucking monster jam. I'll give him that. Agreed. All right, uh, you wanted me to find a song by Big Star. Yes. Here we go. <laughs> Start singing so I can talk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Big Star, American rock band formed in Memphis, Tennessee, uh, with their their Indeed. biggest albums obviously out in the early 1970s. Yes. Uh, a comeback of sorts in the uh, in the 90s and 2000s, but you know, let's be yeah. fucking honest. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I chose the uh, lead track off of the uh, side two of their 1972 release. Number one record, great title. So uh, track is called "When My Baby's Beside Me," and uh, I just chose a song. <laughs> I can't believe that you didn't choose the theme song from that '70s show. No, I did not. <laughs> Here we go. This is a, uh, according to AllMusic.com, a five-star album. It's uh, it's a good album. I, I quite enjoy it. I was excited to uh, put that on the on the challenge. Um, in the first challenge, we gave each other points. We're obviously not going to be doing that today. But now you get you get four point you get four four points for that out of five. I, I gave I also gave you four. All right. 
Uh, excellent. Let me just write that down. Hold on. Four points. All right. All right. So you challenged me to uh, find a song by The Prodigy. Uh, here's here's what I came up with. <laughs> Damn. Really loud, eh? It's all right. Here we go. So we got Spitfire. course, <laughs> uh, always outnumbered, never outgunned. Uh, our, uh, any any Winnipeg listeners might recognize this as one of the seasons when the the, introdu- the Jets introductions of the first game, first game, home game of the season. They were playing Spitfire, and it was fucking awesome. So uh, that that my ears perked up like a dog when it was like, ah, I can put Spitfire on here. It's a fucking great song. So there you go, Brody. There were so many more fast teams I could have included. But I, I chose to go with the, with the Jets connection. You didn't play Smack My Bishop? <laughs> the best song? It's uh, all the ultimate scorers theme song. <laughs> you asked me to find a song by Naughty by Nature. Aye. Here's what I went with. Give it up for Naughty by Nature. <laughs> Here they come. Yes. From the Wickeye, Hip Hop Hooray is a song by American hip hop group Naughty by Nature. The song spent one week at number one on the US R&B chart, uh, uh, number eight on the pop chart. It contains samples from Funky President by James Brown, Don't Change Your Love by Five Stair Steps, Make Me Say It Again Girl by Isley Brothers, You Can't Turn Me Away by Sylvia Striplin, and Sledgehammer by Peter Gabriel. Nice. Uh, And... uh, the song contains lyrics boasting the group's love of hip hop and their fascination with good-looking women. Well, you know that's uh, that's uh, unique in the hip hop world. Now, my favorite use of this song uh, is uh, there was a failed animated series for the, uh, the that spawned from the movie Clerks. Oh God! And uh, there's a scene where uh, Randall is in court and he is uh, he is defending Dante. Yes. And he is trying to appeal to the all-black jury, <laughs> and oh, he's God. and he's like, I can speak their language. And one of his, one of his like comments is, Hey, ho, oh, hey, terrible. ho, hey, that show wasn't too bad. It wasn't too bad. I remember owning that on DVD. That was uh, that was some good times. I'm glad you reminded me of that. All right. Um, I'm surprised you didn't go with uh, Here Comes the Money. No, I did not. The Shane O'Mac theme song. <laughs> money, 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 money. Which is apparently naughty by nature. So. Uh, this Good job. P- I'm going to give that four stars, four four points as well, oh. out of five. Oh, I, that I, is a tremendous track. I give you four as well. Oh, good. Let me write this write down. Write it down. Hold on. <laughs> four points. All right, good. All right, so you uh, challenged me to uh, to uh, include a song by Guns N' Roses. Yes. So here we go. <laughs> We got Civil War. Yes. Off of uh, 1991's uh, album Use Your Illusion 2 uh, from the Wickeye. Um, it is a protest song about, get this, war. <laughs> Referring to all war as civil war and stating that war only feeds the rich while it buries the poor. In the song, Axel Rose asks, 
what's so civil about war anyway? So, um, any song with whistling in it gets tease up from me. So, um, this is, I, listen, I have, I, 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 like, now I have both albums, Use Your Illusion 1 and 2, Appetite for Destruction. I don't have anything else by Guns N' Roses. Uh, those two albums were fucking, a bl- what a bloated mess. <laughs> you know, that could have been one kind of decent album, but really, my God. There you go. I mean, again, at one point in time, you could say legitimately the biggest rock band in the world. Absolutely. Uh, now changing gears, uh, yep. you wanted me to find a song by Toad the Wet Sprocket. <laughs> Here is what I chose. All right, so this is... <laughs> Uh, All I Want. Yep. 1992 song by alternative rock band Toad the Wet Sprocket from their successful 1991 album Fear. A song was featured on TV series Doogie Hauser MD, Dawson's Creek, Reunion, and Homeland. Uh, oh, that's like a, that's like a, a, a four, four tremendous shows. Uh, and it's a great song. And here is the uh, chorus for all y'all. Yeah. Uh, very, very, very early 90s, typical shit. Nice mid-tempo alternative rock from the 90s. I was tempted to play Walk on the Ocean, yep. uh, which I also uh, enjoy tremendously, but I decided to go with All I Want, and I'm hoping that you will score me fairly. How many points will I get? Four points for you. Uh, I'm going to give you four. Excellent. Hold on. Oh, I, was, I was hoping. Four. Write it down. Four points. Got it. Okay. All so, right. Excellent. Okay. Um, Toad the Wet Sprocket. That's a terrible band name. <laughs> uh, seeing a terrible band names, I gotta say uh, about Guns N' Roses. I, I I had a note here and I forgot to say it. I, it it vexes me that the apostrophe is after the end in Guns N' Roses. It needs to be before the 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 end, not after. It just looks fucking stupid. I'm trying to. Oh here. Oh, they they took their name from a Monty Python sketch. Toad okay. the Wet Sprocket. So there you go. So haha. <laughs> <laughs> ha, ha, ha. Yeah, Monty Python. That's 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 inside. That's under 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 underneath, eh? Yep. Okay, go. Yeah. All right. Uh, you challenged me to uh, find a song by Grandmaster Flash. Any project. So uh, here's what I here's what I came up with. We got Fresh, She's Fresh, Shorty, by Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five, off, uh, what, 1982's uh, The Message. It's the opening track, and what I like about it is is that, you know, uh, it's the opening track off kind of their first big album, and it's very fucking disco, so that's pretty awesome. It's better than... Uh, very, very much more, more kind of about the, the hook and the and the music than, than about the rapping, which it would you, you kind of see uh, throughout most of his songs. So, um, a good, a good. I, I think it's a good choice. Fresh. I love you, Grandmaster Flash. So good. And again, <laughs> that's what you named your nickname for your favorite dog, Flash. Oh Jesus! The Grandmaster of being stinky as fuck. Oh God damn it! Uh, 
<laughs> you wanted me to find a song by Garbage. Ah, yes. A, a band that uh, I never... I actually had nothing in my iTunes by Garbage. Ah, good. Uh, but uh, I do now. You do on Spotify, I assume. Uh, yeah, here we go. Yes. This is a great song. Stupid girl. Uh, a line that uh, Ali O'Grant would totally say, oh, that bass line is so good. <laughs> I forget what fucking... There was a song in the 90s, and it was a bad song, too. And he all loved the bass line, and I didn't even notice the bass line. Like, I don't even know if it had bass. Yeah, but he was the master of noticing stare shots. This, ha- this has a great bass line, though, so that's great. Uh, Stupid Girl by Garbage, and this is now in my iTunes. Nice. Uh, the song was composed and produced by Ben. Well, we don't need to know who did that. Stupid Girl features lyrics about female empowerment and a musical arrangement centered on both repetitive bass line and a drum sample from The Clash's 1980 hit, Train in Vain. Ah, yes. There you go. I, uh, the today. There you go. No, that's not the that's uh, I just I just knew that. Oh, that wasn't from the Wick guy. No, that's that's, that's from the top of your head. You yeah, I just this is I know stuff. Well done. I, I just like, um, let's see. Okay, I gotta I gotta think about this for a second because this is a tough one. You know, I gotta say, I'm sorry. I gotta go four. I gotta go four points for this one. Ooh, you know, I forgot to give you a score for the last one. I yeah. think I, I think I'm gonna need to hit you back. Four. Right. Okay. Oh, thank God. Four. Thank God. Four points. All right. The next. The next round here. This By the way, everybody, we have eleven more songs to go each. Let's see how long we can milk this joke. <laughs> uh, a new listener won't. Won't. Will. Will think maybe we won't. <laughs> but our our tried and true listeners will know that this will never. This will not end until until the until the 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 show fades out. Um, you uh. You asked me to find a song by the Gentries. So here you go. This is track five, right? Yep. So the track is called Why Should I Cry? Yep. It's off a uh, 1970 album, The Gentries. Um, so I know why you asked me to find out about The Gentries. Because they're a great band. Because, well, yeah, an iconic band. Uh, member of The Gentries, uh, the manager extraordinaire, Jimmy Hart. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was his band, about three albums, I believe. And they had a modicum of success. Uh, but, you know, honestly, I put a little bonus track in here uh, just for your pleasure. I mean, if you're talking Jimmy Hart. You, you have to include this one, so play the bonus track. <laughs> Jimmy Hart and J.J. McGuire doing Nasticize, the Nasty Boys theme song. Jimmy Hart wrote this one? Yes. I'm impressed. that fucking scratching. <laughs> scratching up and down the string of the guitar. Terrible. Ah, oh, it's great. What we used that uh, we used to sing that when we were playing what? We were playing uh, asshole. Playing or... at school. Yeah, and we would go. Dee, 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 dee. 
we were not annoying in any way. No, like we again, we did this for like a year. <laughs> ah, beautiful. So there you go, Gentries. Uh, you wanted me to find a song by Eddie Money. <laughs> for some reason, uh, I went with a pretty uh, a pretty obvious one. So uh, this is Two Tickets to Paradise. It's a fucking fantastic song. Yep. Eddie Money is a terrible name. (laughs) Uh, Money wrote the song about his girlfriend at the time. His girlfriend's mother wanted her to marry a doctor or a lawyer. Not a musician. Money wrote the song in the hope of being allowed to take his girlfriend on vacation. Oh, nice. He's waited. You've got to learn that fact throughout your years of, of, of you know, kind of living. He's uh, waited so long to take her on vacation. I'm a little, I'm a little sad that you didn't go with uh, Where's the Party off of his Where's the Party album. But all right. I'm going to give it four stars. I wonder, four stars. I wonder if he slipped through the sausage on that trip and then... <laughs> Jesus. The song worked for him? I don't know. Uh, by the way, Eddie Money, uh, his uh, his actual name, Edward Joseph Mahoney. Nice. Uh, yours. I mean, you know, you really, really, I thought you took it up a notch with that Nasty Boys song. Like, big time. Uh, I'm going to give you a four. Oh, thank you. That 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 means a lot. Um, you were held back only again. Take me home tonight would have gotten you five. Oh Next damn time. it! Sorry. Next time. God. Sorry. All right. Uh, moving along here. Um, you asked me to. Uh, you challenged me to uh, include a song by Keen. Here you go. <laughs> All right, anyway, <laughs> Go. we've got uh, Is It Any Wonder off their album uh, Under the Iron Sea, uh, 2006 album. Uh, let's see what the Wickeye says here about this album. Uh, during its first week on sale, the album went to number one in the UK. and the United States, it went to number four on the Billboard 200. So uh, I'm a little shocked at that. It sold uh, three million copies worldwide. So uh, a, a, a nice uh, a nice little uh, chunk of change there for Keen from uh, Under the Iron Sea. I like I like Keen's song, more bombastic songs. Yeah. So I went with something a little more, a little more uh, jaunty for this one. Fuck, this thing kicks. Nice. Fuck, I love this song. It's a nice song. I agree. I like the the saucy drums. Right here. Yes. D D D D D D D. There you go. Yeah. All right. Uh, good one. Uh, so, uh, in the same neighborhood, in terms of genre, you asked me to find a song by Star Sailor. Yes. Uh, Star Sailor, for those of you that don't know, not a Japanese anime band, which is what no. the name totally would be. <laughs> yep. Uh, they are a uh, a British kind of sappy rock band from uh, the 2000s, still in existence today. And here No, is... they are not. Yeah, I saw them play in Vancouver like three years ago. Fuck. They were good. I've seen them live. They were good. Have I seen them? 
I, I mean, I gotta start asking you that. I've never really that. That'd be a good gimmick on the show. I think so too. <laughs> uh, here is uh, here's what I chose. I don't see myself when I look in the mirror. Ooh. I see who I should. This I I just picture the guy sitting like next to a dumpster singing this in the video. Oh God! Wiping a tear away. I, I don't know if that's the actual video, by the way. Maybe I can find the video and comment n- next week when we cover music videos. Oh, don't miss it, folks. It's going to be amazing. Uh, In the Crossfire is a rock sign- song by written by... And now they... I, I am going for, from Wiki here because they use the term Britpop band Star Sailor. Uh, I guess. I guess. So, yeah, but uh, I mean, you could do an episode on Brit. Uh, breaking down how it's stupid fucking genre it talks about the suffering of the people who have lived the iraq war the song says i hear them screaming on the radio it's getting louder in the crossfire trying to find some hope from the ashes of their broken homes uh i would assume that zero money from this uh single went to the people of iraq i i would assume the same thing uh here we go not a bad song it's a little a like a nice little jam you know it's a little but that's fine it's not too bad i'm i'm gonna award you four points for that <laughs> uh i'm gonna give you i'm thinking somewhere between three and five so i'm gonna go with four. Oh points. yes so there you go hold on All let right. me just add this up uh so far i don't have the exact total but our average is four each so far okay all right. All right. This is getting this is getting down to the nitty gritty here. Actually, it's not. We're we're pretty far away from the nitty gritty. <laughs> um, you asked me to find a track by Madonna. Here's what we got for old Madge. True Blue. Beautiful. Um, I'm trying to find something to say about it. I mean, I like the track. It's uh, some classic, uh, you know, early, you know, Madonna from her first few albums, and uh, before she got really, really annoying. So it's, <laughs> it's good stuff. And uh, Open Your Heart was the fourth single from the album, released in uh, November 1986. The song was appreciated critically, with critics comparing it with sweeter post-Motown Valentine songs. Oh wow! And perfect. For a dance floor strut. Uh, I uh, would have... I didn't really notice this one as much because, of course, True Blue, the theme for the bombers in the 80s. Ah, uh, yes. So you know. Well, baby, I love you. Ugh. Ugh. Well, uh, she's asking you just to open your heart to her. That's all. I mean, that's really what it is. It, it doesn't get much more pure than that. Yep. Beautiful. Yeah, whoever wrote that was uh, did a pretty good job. Uh, I'm going to take a little, a few minutes to figure out how I'm going to score you on that. In the meantime, okay, sounds good. Uh, you asked me to play a song by the Black Crows. Oh God, sorry. That's what I chose. So. All right. Oh, God. Get the fucking point. (laughs) Twice as Hard is a song by the American Southern rock band The Black Crows from their first album, Shake Your Moneymaker. It's the opening track. 
Yeah. Uh, it released. It was released as a single in 1990 and reached 11th position in the. And now this is interesting. The mainstream rock charts. Oh yeah. Whatever that is. Okay, mainstream uh, rock. Uh, interesting for next week. A music video directed by Pete Angelis was shot in 1990 to promote the single. Ah. So uh, maybe. Oh, that's interesting. You might. We might see them. Um, oh, whoa, 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 one more, one more fact, remember. one more fact that- about Twice as Hard. This okay. might surprise you, being that it's their like you know a single off their first album and the opening track. Yep. The song is part of the classic Black Crow set list for concerts. No. I know. Well, you know, I remember. I mean, remember, I remember Black Crows, where it was like this is the next big thing, and you know what? And then it was. I remember they were like the greatest band of all time. <laughs> Wait, what? I remember that. I remember I, that. But remember. hey, they had an album with a big giant with pubes hanging out top of a fucking bikini, so <laughs> good for them. You know, this sounds like it could be played during a fucking truck commercial. Listen. By the way, there was a commercial today during the Super Bowl for Jeep. Oh, God. Uh, so they were like, you've seen all these. Co-. Actually, there was a commercial before that. Did you see the commercial for Dodge Ram where it's all a bunch of like Martin Luther King quotes? No, I heard about it. That's terrible. Uh, then, so anyways, they have all these commercials where people talk about the vehicles and then the, this Jeep commercial and they're like, you know, you've heard a lot of bravado in other commercials. And meanwhile, this fucking Jeep is driving through a river and then up like a waterfall. And they're like, that's, that's our statement basically. And I thought to myself, who the fuck is driving like a, like a jeep up a waterfall? Maybe like, Kid Tetris. That dude had a jeep. <laughs> yeah, come on. We'd have to bring Kid Tetris in to ask him that with his big with his jeep TJ. Ugh. I'm all yeah. trolling him. There's no way he's listening. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, listen. Speaking of commercials, I we we, we I, I know that we but we both saw the teaser for Solo. Yes, we did. So, any thoughts? I want to see the trailer tomorrow. The teaser didn't give you anything. No. It was, you know... The first thing that we've seen. I mean... The movie coming out in May. It looks like there will be cool effects, and Chewbacca is in it, so... So, I think the movie's going to be fairly dog shit, but I think there's going to be some really good stuff. We will see. Uh, I'm excited to... I mean, seeing a a Star Destroyer flying through clouds looks intriguing. (laughs) All right. Uh, soon, I guess I, I'd like to uh, just do a, a, a little preview at some point in, in the coming months. You, there will be a, a review of um, Last Jedi, and I did see that Phil seems to be still alive. So maybe we should ask him to come on again. Where, where, where was he? I don't know, but he's uh, he's tweeted in the last few weeks. What? Like tweeted things about about his about like sports writing. Okay, he's alive. Welcome back, he's, Phil. Yeah, so if, uh, Phil, let's... if you're listening, the, the, the invitation is always open to come talk turkey about the Star Wars uh, franchise. Uh, it's over to you. Oh, but first I got to give you um, twice as hard. Oh, man, shit. <sighs> you know, if it was Remedy, it'd be five points, but I'm going to give you the four. <sighs> oh, shit. Uh, you know what? I got to be happy with that. Uh, I'm going to give you... Um, wait, was it the Madonna song? Yes. Uh, four. 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 Next. Oh, thank fucking God. All right, next. Oh, man, I'm, I'm pulling this out by the skin of my fucking ass cheeks. <laughs> my God. All right. Let's, uh, let's move on. Uh, this one's fun. Well, kind of. Actually, not really. It wasn't fun. But I'll talk about why. But you asked me to find a song by Fosse. 
<laughs> so uh, here, here it is. Alright, uh, so this is a song called Drinkin' with Jesus uh-huh. 2017's Judas album That if you listen to podcasts uh, you, And if you listen to Jericho's podcast You haven't heard, you know Or you follow Jericho on Twitter You never hear the end of it um, Listen, okay I, I applaud Chris Jericho for carving out a music career That isn't terrible Like It's, it's, it's decently legit um, I, have, I have no willingness To listen to any Fozzie uh, after kind of combing through some of the tracks uh, it's just not something I would really listen to but this song has some good vocal work by Chris Jericho so well done but I gotta say I, I, I enjoyed when Fozzie was kind of a joke band and, he, and and Chris Jericho was Mongoose McQueen and Mongoose McQueen was the singer of Fozzie and he didn't know who Chris Jericho was yep. but all Chris Jericho loved Fozzie and loved Mongoose McQueen that was a fucking great gimmick there. <laughs> oh Jesus okay that's literally what he said. Jesus, yeah, but you know, it's 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 funny because there's a lot of swearing in the song, so I that gives a thumbs up from me. Uh good good pick. Um, let me think of your score. Okay. Uh, in the meantime, uh, let's listen to some Pat Benatar. Ah, yes. Uh, lots of stuff to choose from from old Pat Benatar. <laughs> uh, this is what I went with. We're running with the shadows of the night. Night. So baby, take my hand. Yes. Right. <laughs> yes. Uh, Shadows of the Night. Uh, first released in 1981, then came out in September 82 as a lead single from her fourth studio album, Get Nervous. Mm. Um, it's, it was made for a movie. I won't need to talk about that. Uh, song was a huge hit, peaking at number 13 on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100. I w- would that be a huge hit? I don't think so, especially not at that time period. Yeah, like that doesn't... That's like a middling kind of hit. Yeah, exactly, yeah. right? Uh, anyways, uh, it was in a Grand Theft Auto game, so that is great. And uh, I don't have a hell of a lot else to say. It's just I like this one better than some of her other fucking songs. Uh, Pat Benatar, her first uh, time on the sleepover, so she'll be very pleased. Ah, is that why you chose um, her? What's that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, I, try, I tried to find, for the most part, artists that we hadn't really touched on, so... That was kind of my MO, which is why you had things like Eddie Money so far and things like that. But um, well done, well chosen. I'm thinking. Hmm, Come on. You know, uh, I think I'm going to give this one three, uh, four, four points. Oh, thank God. Woo. Yeah. Uh, Fozzie. Good score. You know, yes. the song was the song was kind of dog shit to be honest yeah. with you, but I didn't give you a lot to work with, so I'm going to uh, give you a four. Oh, thank you. That that is very generous. Okay. All right. So for the next uh, round here, you uh, challenge me to find a song by the Ting Tings. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Their first time on the sleepover, and uh, here's uh, you know I dug I dug really deep into the into the uh, into the uh, into the uh, catalog. I was I, you know I was really looking for a deep cut. Some so B sides. Yeah, absolutely. Here you go. What is this? So this is uh, the Ting Tings with That's Not My Name, a deep cut. 
off their 2008's album, We Started Nothing. Um, a quick uh, glance at the Wiki. Uh, let's see. Uh, singles. Here we go. Uh, it was a double A side single with that song. I mean, name and a great DJ released on in May 2007. Here we go. They call me Here we go. So, psyched everybody. This is not a deep cut. Oh, I know. You fooled me. Psych. Uh, it is uh, their uh, their first, uh, their most successful single in the UK. Reaching the top spot in the UK for one week. So, good work, Ting Tings. Uh, and uh, that, I don't have a hell of a lot to say about it. We have this album, and that's about it. Hey, this song resides on my iTunes, and it's four stars. It's a great song. It's fucking saucy as hell. Uh, all right. You asked me challenged me actually because this is the wild card challenge yes uh and what a challenge to find a song by little known american band boys to men from philadelphia ah yes well done uh so i uh i went deep as you did very deep and here's what i found Hey girl, we're gonna win the motherfucking Super Bowl <laughs> in like 27 years from now, bitch. I will few years, <laughs> oh, we're gonna sing. All right, in uh, a few years we're gonna we're gonna sing the anthem at WrestleMania 15, <laughs> and then sing the Big Show song. Uh, <laughs> End of the road uh, is a single recorded by American R&B group Boys, the Roman numeral two men. Boys uh, of the Z. Uh, for the Boomerang soundtrack. Nice. Uh, That's Eddie Murphy, I believe. Uh, it is. Boomerang. What else was on the soundtrack? Uh, just looking, looking. Uh, oh, I Die Without You mm. is on there. So that's good. That's some PM Dawn. Yes. And uh, the rest of it, uh, Hot Sex by Tribe Called Quest. So there you go. Nice. Uh, anyways, this was a, mass- a massive monster jam for these guys. Yes. Obviously... For a period of time, these guys were fucking enormous, and yep. uh, then they did some stuff with Mariah Carey, and then they uh, they disappeared. Though I believe they still uh, do concerts. We saw on TV. We came across that Justin Bieber movie, and we were watching it, and we saw Bieber on stage, and Boys to Men were behind him, kind of, and no one knew who the fuck they were. It was kind of sad. <laughs> Uh, But good choice. Uh, Thank you. Boys to men. Uh, You know, listen, if it was Motown Philly, I would have, it would have been five points. But this is, uh, you know what? Four points for you. Nice. Uh, I'm going to give you, wait, what song did you play? Ting Tings. Ting Tings. Oh, yes. Uh, Yes. Well, that song is on my iTunes and it is my favorite Ting Ting song. So I really have four stars. I really have no choice but to award you four points. Excellent. Thank you. I'm uh, I'm I'm loving the the, the scoring here. Intriguing. <laughs> Over to so, you. So um all right. Britney Spears. <laughs> Here's what I got. Track 11? Is that what we're on? Uh 10. 10? Shit.
So this is uh, open parenthesis, you drive me, close parenthesis, crazy, off 1999's Baby One More Time, her uh, debut album. Uh, I mean, this is, like, this, I think there's a movie basically named You Drive Me Crazy. This is, like, pretty much what you find on a uh, early 2000s teen movie soundtrack. Ugh. Like, maybe a dance scene. Honestly, Britney Spears fucking dog shit, and uh, I, I... I couldn't. I was hard pressed to find anything, and then I just kind of was like so lazy. I'm like, I have this song. Let's put it on. You know, honestly, like, what was it? Is this from Baby One More Time? Yes. 1999. Yes. Like in 1999, if you're gonna write a pop song and call it "You Drive Me Crazy," you're already just so lazy. Oh, absolutely. I mean, what I should have done is included "Email My Heart." <laughs> That's not the same album or a soda pop, which yeah. is fucking terrible. You know what? If I you'd thought. played Email My Heart, I may have given you five uh, five points, but uh, we'll uh, see. We'll see. Okay. Uh, you, Spears. you challenged me to play a song by Tom Cochran. Yes. Uh, obviously, I wanted to do Life is a Highway initially. Okay. But uh, I chose something a little different. Ooh, I, well, that might you chose something different. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, we'll see how it Because I wanted to provide a little bit of commentary on this. Okay. Play, damn it. Play. <laughs> All right. So this is Big League. Yes. It's basically the song is about a dad. Yep. Watching his son play hockey? Yes. And how his boy's going to be like a great hockey player. And I just thought this perfectly describes so many douchebags. Absolutely. Like, basically, like, you know, imposing your dream on your child is basically yep. what the song is about. And people fucking celebrate it, and it's terrible. Oh, I know. Hockey Here we dads. Go. And the song sucks. <laughs> and he doesn't even get to the fucking chorus, right? He, like, teases you. Yeah. He does whoa-ho and then big leagues, and then it goes back to the fucking verse. Terrible. So, I have, I have three things, actually, about, about Tom Cochran. First about this song, didn't George W. Bush use this in some way, and it was just terrible? I'm sure he did. I feel like he did, and terrible. Some Or some politician did, and that's disgusting. Two things. Um, I'll I'll tell the story and then I'll tell the story about the guy and tied it to Kid Tetris. So the story is we're at Sunfest and Tom Cochran's playing, and this dude Brock Hindle that we that was in my grade school, all spent the whole time before the show all yelling over and over, "Bring on the cock!" <laughs> that was great. <laughs> Brock Hindle though, uh, in school year with Kid Tetris, I saw his picture and. He was he was mugging so hard for the camera that Kid Tetris proclaimed him to be a king among men. <laughs> Bring Those on are the my cock. Three things about this. Um, yeah, I, you know what? I, I got to punish you for no life is a highway, and uh, I'm going to punish you by giving you four points. Oh damn it! You know what? I will say, and I mean, I don't think you'll change your mind after I say this, but I want to give kudos to Tom Cochran though because he when he wrote the song he was like, this song is totally going to pander to so many fucking assholes. I will make some yeah. big money because, you know, th people apply this to fucking baseball, too. Oh, I know. Ugh, disgusting. Um, anyways, uh, I guess it's a four. 
Uh, Britney yeah. Spears. Uh, yeah, I would have picked uh, numerous other songs, and I told you if you chose an email in my heart, I would have given you five. Uh, I'm going to have to give you four, buddy. All right. I'll take it. Begrudgingly. All right. Yeah. All right. Okay. Number 11 here is you. Oh, you challenged me. This is an interesting one. Your challenge was the Sherman Brothers. <laughs> and that's tough because the Sherman Brothers never actually recorded anything. They just wrote music. But I'm going to go with, I, I'm thinking that I can, that I can, uh, I can get a big pop out of you for, cause I, cause I know you and I know what you like. So, uh, my track number 11, I think, I think I'm going to get a big pop on this one. So, written by the Sherman Brothers, we got uh, Chim Chim Cheri by, uh, this is Nick Van Dyke, Julie Andrews, Karen uh, Dotrice, and Matthew Garber, off the soundtrack from the 1964 film Mary Poppins, one of your favorites. Uh, hold on, let's just listen to this authentic uh, British accent. You might think a sweep's on the bottom most rung, though I spends me time in the ashes. <laughs> Well, Dick Van Dyke is British, right? <laughs> so fucking... I mean, clearly he is. <laughs> is he not? It's awful. No! <laughs> Sick! Uh, here's the thing. I have a bonus track. This okay. is what made me include this. The bonus track. Here you go. Oh, there are several ways to irritate a lady. You could mention that her act's gone out of style. Oh, that's sure to get a nift. It's bound to cause a tiff. But here's a little trick to go the extra mile. Language what? alert. Yep. Give just a little kick in the cunt. <laughs> you know, Jack Black. Run, Ronnie, run. You know what? That is five stars, but that's not your main song. So, oh. <laughs> sorry, dude. Ah, uh, it's all right. Uh, that's beautiful, though. Run, Ronnie, run. A really bad movie with, like, five really funny things. I know. This is one of them where, where the where they cut away to, like, a, a dude, like, I don't even, I can't even explain it, but it's a little cameo with Jack Black singing a, a chimney sweep song. A dirty one. So, there you go. <laughs> with cartoon animals. A little sing. bonus for you all. Uh, you asked me to play a song by New Order. Mm. Uh I think that you're going to be very, very surprised by uh, what I've what I chose here. Okay. Very surprised. Maybe okay. we'll see. Okay. <laughs> All right. So nice. Uh, this is confusion. Mm -hmm. uh, there is an original version from uh, 1983. This sounds like a remix, though. This was a remix uh, that was made for uh, the Blade soundtrack. Nice! <laughs> <laughs> so, yes! this is the one that I decided Blade. to go with. <laughs> Yo, that would be better if it was about Double Blade Rogers. It'd be better if it was about a, uh, a lawnmower that killed people. Blades. Yeah. You know, though, if it was or the about, wrestler that was that was uh, inspired by it. If it was about Blade Rogers, this would all be the scene in his pornos. Here. Yeah. All doing that fucking his gyration. Fucking mustache falling off. His disgusting black fucking gitch doing a gyration when he's giving people the boss and crab or the sexy oh, submission. Fuck. 
Fuck. Oh, goddamn. I, um, <laughs> I gotta say, uh, you know what? I'm gonna. That was a well done. A nice, uh, a nice uh, remix of a, of a song. I'm gonna give you four points. You were really close to perfection on that last one. Uh, yeah. Really close. Uh, not quite there, but you're well on your way. I give you four points. Oh, thank you very much. I I, I really appreciate that. Um, for my next track, uh, you uh, challenge me to find a song by Bruno Mars, Not Too Hard, because I'm a bit of a Bruno Mars mark. Here's uh, here's my pick. Baby squirrel, use a sexy motherfucker. Give me your, give me your, give me your attention, baby. I gotta tell you a little something about yourself. This is a song called Treasure, <laughs> 2012's Unorthodox Jukebox. So great album title, great song title. It's fucking funky as shit, and I love it. Uh, Bruno Mars. Fucking, uh, I quite enjoy listening to Bruno Mars. What can I say? I'm, I, I wouldn't go as far as to say I'm a fan, but I like, I like what I hear by the dude. Yeah, like I don't, I don't, I'm not like I'm a Bruno Mars fan. I, I can't get enough, but I fucking enjoy listening to Bruno Mars. So there you go. Treasure. Ah. Uh, you challenged me to find a song by James Brown. Yes. Uh, so many to choose from, of course. Here's what I went, I, I went with. Is it his dong? Uh, this is uh, Super Bad. Nice. Originally called Call Me Super Bad. Nice. A 1970 song originally released as a three-part single. I love songs that have sequels. Oh, I know. It's so good. Uh, number one on the R&B chart, 13 on the Billboard Hot 100. Uh, the song's lyrics include the refrain, I've got soul and I'm super bad. <laughs> <laughs> the positive use of the word bad is an example of linguistic reappropriation. <laughs> yep. All right, then. Um, you'll like this. The song includes a tenor saxophone solo. Ah, that's right up my alley. So you could have practiced to this when you were a, a, a young Megamix. <laughs> I, I stuck to Louie Louie. And I don't need yep. no one else. What can you say about James Brown? I mean, there's just far too much to choose from. Um... Listen, I can't, in good conscience, give this five points, full five points, because I feel like I would be doing a disservice to all the other songs. I'm going to give you four. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, I believe that for Bruno Mars, um, you know you Treasure. picked a song that I like, Okay. and you should be recognized for it. Four points. Yes! Woo. Yes! Yes! Only, right. By the way, only, what, three more songs each to go for this joke? So that's good. All right, yeah, we, we got to keep milking it. Um, oh, this one's fun. Okay, you challenged me to find a song by the DX Band. Um, all right, here, you know what? Honestly, I had to go with this one. Just wait for it. Say, <laughs> Listen to the booze. <laughs> so this is the uh, Chris Warren band, also known as the DX band. 
doing uh, their rendition of the Star Spangled Banner slash America the Beautiful at WrestleMania 14. This is just so fucking bad. <laughs> <laughs> And people are fucking doing them. They just, they're just, it's the Attitude Era is in full swing, but people just won't abide by this. Think about so, this. Think about this. Think about how bad your thing has to be for fucking wrestling fans in 1999 to boo you. Oh, yeah. So the DX band, uh, the Chris Warren band, uh, is a, uh, a group that did the DX theme song. Uh, the, the singer Chris Warren also sang on, like, No Chance and My Time and stuff but really this was what they did was they played the dx song and it's pretty iconic but uh heavily helped by jim johnson who also played at this show when they when they introed uh triple h playing dx's song he had to play along with them because they were so fucking bad this band is terrible uh chris warren is isn't the worst part of the band he's a terrible like yeller but his band is fucking brutal yeah. And so, uh, I had to include this. Uh, I apologize to everybody. Uh, by the way, I have to correct myself. This was 1998, not 1999. Yes, Ooh. it was. WrestleMania 14. Oh, my God. All right. It's so bad. And, again, now Vince McMahon, you know, bringing back the XFL. And, like, you know, having the fucking balls to talk about respecting the national anthem. Exactly. Right? My God, egregious! By the way, oh, we haven't even talked about national anthems. <laughs> what about ever? People you mean so upset about changing the Canadian the words in the Canadian national anthem? Oh yeah, back they're... to something it was for many years previous to when they changed it the last time. It's just a fucking song, guys. Like they changed the lyrics. Should they have changed it? I say absolutely, and we just should move on. You know what? I'm I like when. Uh, Justin Trudeau does things that in the grand scheme of things are not important and it makes conservatives mad. It just makes me happy. Yeah. So it's that's, very, it's very pleasing. This doesn't know. affect anybody. It makes some people happy and it makes people that we don't like really upset. It's fucking great. You know, another thing that happened politically, uh, we had that shocking, uh, resignation here by, uh, the leader of the progressive conservatives in Ontario. Uh, yeah. And you know, what's ridiculous is, you know, uh, Doug Ford. Announces he's going to run for the leadership all in his mom's basement. Oh, my and, God. And my, that your, oh. and my first thought was, what a fucking joke. Like, what a terrible candidate. And then I thought, he's he's still better than the guy they had who was the molester. Yep. So, anyways. This is a sad state of politics and entertainment right now. By the way, prediction. Uh, they talk about how that party is in rough shape and has to pull it together. They're still going to win the election. Of course they are. That's how badly people hate the liberals here. Yep. Uh, on to my song. Yes. You asked me to, uh, to grab, put a song together, put a song. I wrote it, fucking composed <laughs> it, got the Afghan wigs together, and, uh, we put, yes. we, we put this one together. Wigs. Afghan wigs, a band that I am not a, not at all a fan of. And I, by that I mean, I don't dislike them. I'm just not, not, nothing, uh, I think I had like one song of theirs at one point. All right, uh, is this the one song, or did you find something else? I found something else. Here's okay. what I chose, and uh, I'm worried about my score here. All right. Nice. Woo! Ow! <coughs> uh, this is uh, Conjure Me. 
Yes. It is the second single off of Congregation, a 1992 release by Afghan Wigs. Uh, from Cincinnati, Ohio. Nice. Uh, other things that I can tell you. Hold on. Let me see. <laughs> um, it was released by Sub Pop Records. And well, then you know it's cool. You could get it in both LP and CD formats at the time of its release. And then there was and cassette singles. Probably sing- now you can only get it in LP. And later there were, world. Yeah, and later there were cassette singles. And uh, that is the information that I have about this band. Uh, we're oh, at the oh. point right now where where CDs are uh, basically extinct. Yep. And yet, and yet, vinyl is just still kicking around. It's fucking great, eh? Uh, this uh, track runs four minutes and three seconds in length as well. So more facts. Oh, good work. You know, I'm gonna say this. I'll get to the points. Um, listen, I, I handcuffed you a little bit with this. Uh, I like Afghan wigs. You weren't uh, you weren't a fan. Uh, I'm gonna give you four points. Uh, you chose uh, a real. You know, basically like a total bastardization of a national anthem. Yes. Uh, which is, I think, in poor taste, kind of. Oh, oh no. Not you, like not you doing it, but just yes. the song okay. that we had to present. Uh-huh. But it it led us to some political commentary and uh, brought brought a little bit of of uh, uh, not levity, gravity to the uh, sleepover. Yes. A show that's all about jokes and fun and games, Thank but you. sometimes. Yep. Sometimes we need to keep it real, and you did that, and uh, I'm going to give you four stars for that. Oh, perfect. Yes. All right. Um, next one. Oh, okay, so in April 2016, <laughs> we did uh, the Wild Card Music Challenge, the first one. And back then, you challenged me to find a song by the odds. By odds. <laughs> odds, not the odds. Odds. And I, I chose a song called Someone Who's Cool. Um, it's uh, February 2018. And uh, you asked me to find a song by odds. Oh, did I? Damn it. I went through oh, the, all uh, the old ones, I too. Shit. This one. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Here we go. Okay. So now that he's singing, yes, um, I chose this. Uh, this is off their 1993 album Bed Bugs, probably their most um, widely known hit song in Canada. Anyway, um, heterosexual man. Uh, this is notable because we changed the lyrics to this uh, <laughs> uh, to Jenny Sexual Lamb, and uh, we were we were uh, ribbing a, a pal of ours who had a crush on a girl named Jenny. <laughs> we sure did. And so we ribbed him by calling it uh, Jenny Sexual Lamb because his last name was Lamb. It's a good song. It's a nice little jam. Here's the chorus. Lamb. And like us, 